Welcome back to Across the Romoverse. Steve and Jimmy here with you just uh, about three hours or so uh, after Roma's 4 nothing drubbing of Cagliari at the Olimpico today. Terosi's third match in charge, three wins on the trot. It's nine points for Roma. Jim, how are you feeling after that performance that Roma put on today against Claudio Ranieri's Cagliari side? I'm of two minds about it, Steve. The first part is, obviously, this is a win that Roma should have should get every day and twice on Sundays um, or Mondays, as it were. Uh, like this is a team that is just outside of the relegation zone. This is a team that doesn't really have that much in terms of. I'm just going to be outright and say it: talent. Like this is not the Cagliari teams that were consistently in the top ten for a couple seasons. There, this is the team that is now kind of more trying to just survive um, in the top flight. So, given that Roma should be winning, it's just like Roma should have been and did win first two games that Daniela De Rossi was in charge. But when it they did, and they won it impressively, and there was a lot to say about the new signings. Um, there's a lot to say about players who have been here since the academy days. I mean, Lorenzo Pellegrini, we, he, I, for me, I mean, Dybala had a brace, and that's fantastic. But the revitalization of Lorenzo Pellegrini since Daniela De Rossi became manager, to me, is the biggest story of the past month. Um, in terms, because I mean, Dybala has played well this season. And Pellegrini has looked like a shell of himself up until exactly the moment that Daniele De Rossi became manager. Now, we'll see if that's, that sticks around with Inter. And I feel like, you know, as much as these first three wins have been great, the uh, thing hanging over this entire new manager bump is that Roma's been playing teams in the relegation zone. Basically. So they should be winning these nine points. We'll see how they look against Inter. If they can get a draw, if they can get even a not-too-embarrassing loss, I'll be pretty optimistic about Roma's chances for Champions League football going forward. But we'll see. There's, there's no, nothing has gone wrong so far, is maybe the right way to put it. I, I think you'll probably agree with me that it's not, like the job has been accomplished over the past three match weeks. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, there were some nervy moments in the first two wins because Roma went up 2 nothing in both of those and conceded and had to hold out. There was none of that in this one, right? Uh, Roma was. And, and I did not get to see the match in its entirety. I will be transparent, just like last week, because... Uh, it was during working hours, so I caught what Monday I could. Monday matches, man. Yeah, mo- Monday afternoon are, are tough um, of all days. Probably the worst day for me because I have Monday afternoon meetings. But, um, you know, from what I did see, I saw about 25 or so minutes of the first half, maybe 30 minutes, um, you know, into, until halftime. And then I got to catch, like, the last 20-plus minutes of the second half. And, you know, there weren't really those nervy moments in this one. And Roma controlled pretty much most of the match. They, you know, Cali had a shot on goal here and there. Uh, three on total, but I mean, Roma was, was pretty clinical when you start 70 seconds in with a goal from your captain. I mean, it's just one of those things. I think it's so hard for the other team, uh, to bounce back from, especially when it's a relegation battling team like Cali on the road in Rome. Uh, it, it was just, I mean, this is what we were looking for from, from Roma, right? Just kind of one of these outbursts and everything has gone right so far for De Rossi. Like you said, outside of that little blip here or there where they give up a goal, then they have some nervy moments toward the end of the match. I mean, this has been uh, as good as we could have hoped for. Nine points is the best you can do in three matches in terms of putting points onto the board, into the table. Uh, And it's been huge for Roma. I mean, that moves them still in fifth place. I guess we can kind of say provisionally still because there's still matches in hand with some of the teams around them. But Atalanta's fourth right now on 39 points, 22 played. Roma, 23 played, 38 points. Bologna, 36 and 22 played. Um, Napoli after them, 22 played, 35 points. Fiorentina, 34 points, 22 played. 
uh, and then Lazio down there in ninth on uh, 22 matches played, 34 points. So all those teams still within sniffing distance of Roma that are behind. Uh, yeah. Roma's still very close. Atalanta, Atalanta could extend that gap just a little bit with that match in hand. But, I mean, considering where they were just three match days ago, you can't ask for much more. I mean, they've, they've been getting help from some other teams, I mean, some unexpected ones. You know, like Atalanta, Lazio, somebody had to draft points, if not both. Uh, and it was Atalanta who really took it to Lazio. But mm-hmm. Fiorentina dropping points at Lecce, two late goals conceded. Like like, like you sent in the group text, like the soccer gods are smiling on De Rossi right now because like that is not a result Roma should have going in their favor when Fiorentina is up 2-1 in that match at all. Not at all. Um, not at all. So that that's a great result for them. You know, um, Bologna needed, I, I believe it was a, a very late win also this week. So they kind of kept pace. Napoli also a late win. I mean, Roma could have really had things go really their way, but Overall, I mean, this has been a great start for De Rossi. Obviously, I'm not going to fully say that, like, yeah, everything is cured because obviously, we, like we said, they played three teams that are currently after match day 23, 17th, 18th, and 20th in the table to open his tenure. Those are two of those teams on 18 points and one on 13 points. So teams that are in danger of not even being in Serie A next season. But yeah. when you think about what De Rossi walked into in the time he walked into it, it would have been very easy to drop a match or two here, drop three points against, you know, Salernitana on the road last week or or drop two points against Verona in that opener or slip up here somehow, right? And Roma did not do that. And, and Roma was not this clinical in most of their matches against the smaller sides in the first half of the season under Mourinho, except for that one Empoli match. So, I mean, this is about as good as you can ask for, especially a 4 nothing drubbing of, of Caliody at the Olympico today, I think. Yeah, no, I mean, without a doubt. And I think it's important for us to remember you were saying that it wouldn't have been surprising if Roma had dropped points in these first three matches. And I 100% agree with you there. Not just because Roma was clearly in a very fragile point following the sacking of Mourinho, but also because it's not like Daniele De Rossi was a known quantity as a manager before coming. Yep. Um, he was a guy who had been a assistant coach who seemed mainly there kind of like to be the elder statesman. Uh, for Italy's 2021 run in the Euros. Like, he, he did his job, apparently, but, like, I think his job was almost to be more of a people coach than a tactical coach there. So we weren't seeing his his tactics under Mancini um, in the Italian national team, for example. And then he got a chance to be the head coach in Serie B, and it just didn't work. Um, granted, he was managing a side that looked like it was not even fit for Serie B, so that's part of it. But at the same time, I think we said this when he was announced. When he was announced, it almost felt like a signing that was made to placate people through name only as opposed to, you know, really being able to write the ship in a long-term sense. And with this match in particular, comparatively speaking, compared to the first two matches, obviously a 4-0 win makes you happier. But I will say that I think... I'm beginning to see more of what De Rossi's tactics look like um, at their best. And when I say at their best, I mean when there's a clear talent gap between the two sides. You know, that's that's when a manager is able to play the way that they really want to when they know that, you know, if there's a mistake here and there, it won't kill you. Um, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued about where he could go as a manager in Rome and elsewhere. I've, I saw some people on social media already, you know, after this 4-0 win, saying things along the lines of, he should become the permanent manager starting tomorrow. I'm not jumping the gun there yet. He hasn't played even like a Feyenoord. I want to see how he does against, you know, maybe not a team that's going to win the Scudetto, 
or of that quality, but maybe of the quality that they can get deep into a European competition before thinking about whether or not he should be almost full-time manager. But he's done the job as it was presented to him so far. And not only that, he has created a situation where, as I said before, players who were struggling are now no longer struggling. And players that, you know, look decent under Mourinho look better. Um, one great example of a player who looked decent under Mourinho, who I think impressed a lot of people tonight, uh, was Dean Huysen. Um, I believe that's how you pronounce his name. I'm not Dutch. I'm sorry about that. Uh and, you know, in terms of how he looked as a defender from the word go, it was excellent. Um, he, it made sense that he was the type of guy that Romo would even just like entertain getting on a dry loan of all things. Um, and it does raise questions, honestly, about whether that dry loan will become a permanent move or at least they'll try to like finagle an option. Uh, Sofa score gave him a 7.5 rating uh, as a substitute coming in in the 55th minute for uh, Diego Lorente and looking at the rest of the side, that's really only bested by a couple players. Uh, Leandro Paredes, Pellegrini, and Paolo Dybala um, were the only players at Roma who had a better rating than him at the end of the match. Uh, of course, part of that does come down to the fact that Fife Poisson scored a goal. Um, but I would say that even beyond that, he just looked like a very commanding presence and in a way that belied his age, fit in incredibly well with Gianluca Mancini in a back line. Uh, so there's a lot, a lot to be excited about coming out of this match. Uh, and I would say the real, as I said before, the real test is going to be what happens against Inter, what happens against Feyenoord, what ha happens against clubs that, no offense to Cagliari, actually matter. Uh, and in terms of Roma's fight for, you know, either European glory or top five football. But it's really reassuring to see Roma get a win like this so quickly into the Rossi tender. Yeah, you, you mentioned it. Like, Hoisin, it looks like a, a pretty good talent. And you can see why Roma took a shot on that dry loan just to get him in the door. And, you know, if they're able to at all have a conversation about making that deal permanent, you know, if he really enjoys his time here, all the better. But um, yeah. they, they've really filled out that center back depth. And Chris Molling is due to come back in the next couple matches, according to Rossi. Not now you're playing, coming back. I mean, Brandon. and Indica, yeah. So like, you I, have I'm coming the Ivory Coast for getting really deep into Afcon, but it's been kind of an. It would have been really annoying if they were, were getting deep and you know, poison sucked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like or something like that. Like, like if we lost Indica, who has been probably Roma's best defender this season for that long, and the other defenders didn't pick up the slack, it would have been really problematic. But it's been good to see, you know, Mancini in particular when we got into a back four, um, and poison. Even Diego Lorente hasn't been bad. Um, yeah. He's been average, is how I would describe him. Which isn't, you know, sometimes, I mean, this, this guy's supposed to be your fourth or fifth best center back on, on any given day when everyone's healthy. That's not really a bad thing to have a guy who puts in average as your fourth or fifth center back. Yeah, I, I, I guess Roma was so unsure what they were going to get out of Smalling that they made this move for, for Hoisin because they need to get through January. And now it's looking like they're going to have five potentially healthy pretty good center backs ready and, and at any moment if they're all if they're all fit um yeah. so there's plenty of depth there now the midfield depth is starting to get filled out um you know we saw Tomaso Baldanzi's debut um you know nothing nothing overwhelming but he got on the pitch gets gets his feet wet a little bit after just like a day or two of training with the club I, I think that is good that he was able to get on the, 
that was another good thing I felt about this match, right? He's able to get onto the pitch pretty early. Hoyston's able to get onto the pitch pretty early. Um, you know, Bove can, you know, rest Pellegrini. Zalewski got some good run. Well, these guys yeah, got forward, a good run. Steve. Steve, he's a forward again. Yeah, he's a forward he's again. A forward again. Isn't that lovely? I mean, like, seriously, I've been like, I've been banging my head against the wall for the past year about this one. You know that. Like, on the pod, I've been banging yeah. my head against the wall on this. Like, I get why, especially with the center back depth that we had for most of Mourinho's tenure, we were doing three at the back with two, like, full, like wing backs that are practically attackers. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, when you've got Leonardo Spinazzola at full health, that's kind of really the only logical thing to do. Uh, but it's because he just was that good as an attacking wingback. Why would you want, why would you need Stefan El Shirawi starting as a winger if you've got a guy who can just maraud up the wing and make anyone's life miserable and also put in a good defensive uh, showing? Like it was, it made sense. But then as Spinazzola kind of fell off, we were stuck with this five man back line that didn't really do anybody else very good. And it certainly made it a lot harder for um, Zalewski to play well because it's just not his given position. So hopefully, you know, I I don't really think long term that Stefan El Sharawi is going to be like a consistent starter for this side. Part of me wonders if, you know, as things go on, if Zalewski will start to kind of reassert himself in the starting 11 in that El Sharawi spot. Um, I could also see, you know, depending on if and when Paolo Dybala is available, uh, a front three, at least for the rest of the season, of, you know, Baldanzi, Lukaku, and Zalewski up front. Uh, I think that's a po- distinct possibility. And that's an exciting front three. That's a really great combination of, you know, star pr- power right now. And Zalewski and Baldanzi are both incredibly promising. Obviously, he t- played like 15, 20 minutes tonight, so Baldanzi was not you know, going to blow the roof off the place unless he scored. But I thought he put in an admirable, admirable clock sub appearance. Um, and more than Angelino, who I have to say was quite impressive until he came off with injury. Um, but it was only cramps, so we'll be fine, folks. It's not like we – it would have been really depressing if we signed him. He looked great, and then he came up with a massive injury um, within the first hour of playing for Roma. But uh, Angelino looks great. Um Zelensky was great in his right position. There's a lot to really like about this match in total. Yeah, you mentioned and, and like you didn't even mention House MOR is a potential to, to get into that mix into the front three, depending on how you know De Rossi wants to play him. He could play in the midfield. Uh, Renato Sanchez, there's still rumors linking him away, but he was on the bench today. So the depth is starting to fill out for, for De Rossi, and that is big. Zelensky moving into that more forward role and getting Angelino and just, just gives so many more options to De Rossi. Um, you know, Mourinho supporters may, 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 you know, not like that and say, where was, where were these players when Mourinho was here, but it is what it is. And, and I think Tiago Pinto on his way out the door did make a a really great move in Baldanzi. We talked about last week, how we were, you know, wishing it would come to fruition, but we weren't super hopeful because it was, you know, January, just a few days left in the window. And to make this move happen and not only make it happen, but make it happen for 15 million euros when he was linked for. I believe you you said about twenty five million in the summer yeah. um, when we were yeah. talking about during the week. Like to me, this seems like a no brainer move. You know, Roma obviously cash strapped most of the time, found that way to make it work, and I, I think it is just a an outstanding move just because of the potential of the player. Right? Maybe he doesn't pan out. Maybe he does. But at that price tag, you can get a lot lesser talented players for fifteen million euros in this day and age. Yeah, um, that's one hundred percent true. I mean, when this was a rumor, 
before the end of the deadline, you and I were discussing it in pretty high terms. I did not think that this would be the type of fee that we would be paying for Baldanzi, considering how he's effectively thought of as the most exciting attacking talent in who's Italian at the moment. Uh, he's without a doubt, probably the most exciting U21 talent that Italy's got. And to be able to have him as a vice Dybala who might get, you know, more and more minutes as Dybala gets injured, that's a real luxury to have. Uh, that's a really fantastic luxury. And it sets Roma up very well in the long term to be able to think about pairing him with Eduardo Bove uh, in the midfield and attack for the long term. Uh, looking at Roma starting 11 right now, it's interesting. The first the, uh, the first 11 average age for Roma in this match was 29.9 years. There are a couple of players who are dragging that closer, dragging, making that older. Rui Patricio for starters. And yeah. as as we've said, reports are out that he will be you know ending his tenure in the, at the club at the end of the season, and Roma will be looking for a new starting goalkeeper in the summer. So that will make this side younger. Looking at the rest of the side, though, there's a really great balance of youth and experience on display. Uh, you've got really exciting young players. Eduardo Bove has continued to look great under De Rossi. Uh, you've got Nikola Zalewski looking revitalized. And then you've got, as I said, the most exciting Italian U21 talent out there right now coming off the bench for Dybala. Daniele De Rossi, after this match, said that the goal for this side for the rest of the season is to qualify for the Champions League. I would have been very skeptical prior to Roma's transfers towards the end of this winter market and prior to these last three matches. If someone told me the real goal for Roma was the Champions League, I'd be like, yeah, okay, are they actually going to get it, though? I don't think so. I'm beginning to have a little bit more faith. Um, whether that is, you know, making it happen through the Europa League or making a top four, top five appearance, I think that could happen. And looking at where Roma is in the standings right now, granted, they've got a game in hand over, I mean, they don't have a game in hand, sorry, the inverse. Um, Atalanta and Bologna and Napoli and Fiorentina all have to play one extra match. Um, but Roma's in fifth place, one point behind Atalanta. Um, Third is probably out of reach, but fourth and fifth are definitely in play for the Giallo Rossi moving forward, which is a big win and not something that I would have expected even a month ago. So that we would be in this conversation where already it's looking like Roma might be qualifying for the Champions League. Yeah, it 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 goes without saying that. I mean, what they've done, it's it's put them right back in the conversation, and everybody else has been just as inconsistent as Roma has this season. So there's no reason why this can't be the goal. But I, I agree that if you had said three weeks ago, you know, Roma's goal is still top four, I'd be like, well, yeah, they're going to say that. But how realistic is it? It's become a lot more realistic. Um, matches like this make you make you believe. It, it gives the players confidence. You know, Dybala was asked after his brace. You know, he was pretty much man of the match in this one um, with the way he provided so much going offensively in this one. He was asked what is De Rossi brought to the team. And, and very, very succinct answer. He said, definitely enthusiasm. He knows these people better than anyone. We had a long week to work. I think uh, that was one of the secrets. I mean, he, he just talked about the enthusiasm he brought. And that's that's no knock to Mourinho. It's just when you bring in a guy who's in his first job, back at his hometown club, his boyhood club, who he played pretty much all his whole career with, except for that little short spell at Boca Juniors at the end. <coughs> Excuse me. He's <coughs> going to be enthusiastic. <coughs> There's no reason he won't be. And it's um, starting to really rub off on the players, it seems. 
Yeah, no, without a doubt. Um, the enthusiasm is there in a way that feels very tangible, especially to, compared to the end of the Mourinho tenure. I don't know how much I'd buy a whole, you know, there's been a lot of rumors about the end of the Mourinho era coming out recently uh, from, you know, players explicitly demanding that management get rid of him to Mourinho reportedly like leaving his celebratory ring. Yeah, I saw that guy, today. That's, I don't buy that very I don't much. buy it like, I, I, It seemed like when he was leaving the Tregoria at the uh, at the end of his time here, he looked emotional in like a I'm going to miss this place kind of way, not in a I hate everybody here kind of way. <laughs> and I don't think that that is probably what actually happened. Um, given that though, I mean, the not to... It's interesting because even though Roma was not necessarily playing up to expectations or ability for much of the season under Mourinho, we did regularly comment, I think we were correct, that the vibes were pretty good. Um, You know, fans were still coming to the stadium and being very supportive. It seemed like there weren't that many fights going on internally um, in the squad. I still feel like things have improved um, in terms of morale over the past couple of weeks. And you can see that from, you know, a lot of these post-match press conferences that we've been getting. Um, Dean Heisen, for example, after, you know, this match, he said, everything happened in a month. At the beginning, it was difficult when Mourinho left because he was the one who wanted me here. But right from the start, I felt good with De Rossi. He's constantly supporting and advising me. And as much as we talk a lot about the tactical importance of having, you know, a coach who actually knows what he's doing in terms of tactics, I think that sometimes we undersell the man management or leadership element of coaching, especially in a place like Rome. Like we get annoyed with a bunch of one zero wins or we get really happy with like beautiful football, but we don't necessarily pay as much attention to the fact that during an actual match, most of the time I feel like the coach's real job is sure to make in-game adjustments. But beyond that, you know, the match has been trained for over the course of a week most times. Mm-hmm. The tactics are kind of baked in. A lot of what you got to do is learn how to encourage and drive people in the right way. And something that makes me very optimistic for Daniela De Rossi's playing career going forward, I mean, managing career going forward, is this idea that, you know, first of all, he was, by all accounts, a class act and a really strong leader throughout his time as a player. But second of all, the words of praise that people have been giving him about how he treats them as players has been excellent. Um, And that makes me think that even if and when Roma loses a match in a significant way, that maybe just maybe Roma will be able to pick up the pieces rather quickly. Because there does seem to be a lot of trust building between the players and the coaches, even though it's been less than a month since um, since De Rossi signed on. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. I think man- management is is huge. Uh, you know, the new manager bounce has certainly kicked in for Roma. And I think a lot of it has to do with the players buying into De Rossi as the manager so quickly. You know, he he said the right thing so far to kind of get them feeling good in the press. And I, I think it's a breath of fresh air for them. I think some players, like, you look at Pellegrini. I mean, and, you know, it, I'm sure there's a little coincidence to it, but I, I don't think it's all coincidence, right? I think some of it is he kind of feels like, elevated again uh in his status and he went through a rough patch and i think he feels good about himself now maybe him and de rossi had a nice conversation you know he came up at roma with de rossi as one of the you know the centerpieces of the club one of those those senators in the locker room the senatoria as they call it in italy and 
And I think maybe having that relationship already with him and, you know, he just knows the buttons to push a Pellegrini a little bit, maybe. I, I, I don't know exactly, you know, what's been said between the two of them, but it seems like whatever it is, is, is working well. Maybe it's a change in the tactics as well, playing a little more offensively. Um, but he has certainly benefited from it. A lot of players seem to be benefiting from it. I think there's a lot of good to take out of these first three matches. There are certainly some things to work on, less so in this one and more so in the first two. Um, big test coming up on Saturday with Inter. We'll start to see where it goes from there, but but it's been nothing but encouraging, um, you know, so far. Um, Jim, anything to, you want to put a bow on this one before we move on to that big match on Saturday against Inter? Uh, I mean, honestly, the big point is the one that I made at the beginning of this one. Roma's four wins, including that Al Shabaab friendly on the 24th, since De Rossi became manager, like. That was very much expected. That was the minimum requirement for what Roma needed to do in the past month. It's still good that it happened. Uh, it's still exciting that it happened. And it's exciting that Roma has been able to win games in a 4-0 manner, like the way they did against Cagliari. I can't, I think, I'm trying to remember the last time Roma had that big of a margin against a Serie A team. And I'm looking back at the calendar. Empoli match. Empoli match is pretty much it, right? Like, yeah. I, I guess there was the Cagliari match where they won four one in October, um, but that was about like they, they've not been having many kind of champagne football moments, and it's been nice. To, it was nice to see a match where even if you're playing against a team that isn't that great, uh, you're still getting some pretty football out of it. I, I, I miss pretty football. Yeah, and I think one thing to keep in mind with the table being so tight, if if anything comes down to goal differential. Uh, scoring goals becomes important because Roma is one of the better scoring teams in the league. They, them and Atalanta are uh, joint third best attacks with 40 goals from what I'm looking at here on the table. Their defense has given up a few extra, um, but it's only Inter and Milan with more goals scored. Um, a couple of the defenses have been better than the 26 Roma's conceded, but Roma's starting to balance out those goals conceded to closer to a goal a match, which is which is a lot more winnable than you know having a, a more than that allowed per match because you know you definitely want to try to limit opposing attacks to a goal or less a match put you in the best position to win when you when you're close to averaging you know a little over a goal and a half a match 40 scored in 23 matches so the the rate of return is starting to, to improve um and, and i think that's important also one other stat to throw out there before we take our our ad break uh before the inter preview is um IFTB tweeted out Dybala in his last 11 games in all comps, Jim, seven goals, three assists. Uh, and that was the fifth highest scoring Argentine in Serie A history with 118 goals. So when you're getting this La Jolla, um, that is the definition of La Jolla. That is the, the La Jolla Roma needs moving forward. And you mentioned it, Baldanzi here gives them a little more chance to rest. Awar back gives them a little more chance to rest. And hopefully they can keep that form alive because um, this is the Dybala that's going to win Roma matches. Yeah, I mean, at a minimum, it's great that Roma can now say, oh, Paolo, Paolo, you're tired 60 minutes into the match? Great, we can put on Tomaso Baldanzi. Like, the fact that Roma can do that is mm-hmm. such a win for Roma both now in terms of their fight for Champions League football this season and going forward because if you think that it's hard for Roma to juggle multiple, multiple competitions right now, if Roma gets what it wants and gets Champions League qualification, that becomes five times harder uh, to play against it's not like those midweek matches where you're playing against a Servette or a uh, Sheriff FC. Like your Champions League group is probably going to be pretty hard. And having a player like Baldanzi who can rotate in and play a league match before a Champions League match 
or vice versa, that Dybala could play, you know, a league match and then rest in a Champions League match, that's going to be critical for Roma's aspirations going forward. Because we've been saying time and time again that Roma's ability to succeed injures so much on Pauli Dybala. That's both a special thing, and we saw it today with him scoring two goals. That's incredible. It's great. I'm happy that he's on our, on our side. At the same time, a truly successful team can't be only dependent on one player. And hopefully Baldanzi can present himself as a guy who, at the very least, will allow Dybala to get a breather every now and then. Yeah, exactly. 100%. You, you can't rely on one player. We, we saw last season when he went down with a couple injuries. It really made things difficult down the stretch. So we're going to take a quick ad break here, and then we'll be back just uh, for a little bit to talk about the upcoming Inter match on Saturday. All right, Jim. So we 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 mentioned it. First three matches were all matches Roma should should have won and did win. Um, you know, obviously understandable if there was a slip up or, or or two with a new manager in charge. It didn't happen. We got the maximum nine points, but that all led into this, and we talked about it last week. It's all leading into this these matches here. It's Inter. Uh, on Saturday, and then it's Feyenoord next Thursday. We'll be back before the Feyenoord match. We'll be more really focused on that here. But the intermatch looms large. Um, you know, it, we do have a little more margin for error, I'd say, because we did get nine points in these last three matches. That is also the beauty of getting the nine points. It gives you a little margin for error against the the top team in the league, Inter, who is coming off a big, big win themselves this weekend, uh, beating Juventus one nothing head-to-head. Now it gives them a four-point cushion at the top of the league with a match in hand on the Bianconetti. So, obviously, we're feeling good after this match, but like, what are we expecting on Saturday? I mean, this is going to be De Rossi's first real test from from a tactical standpoint. I'd say where Roma is outclassed in terms of talent on the pitch, and I don't want maybe not outclassed because they're not like I don't want to make it sound like you know Roma's a nobody, but in terms of performance this year, overall roster depth, Inter has the the advantage. They've proven it so far. Like. This is going to be his first test against a team that is, is clearly better than Roma right now. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, Inter Milan is not only the best team in Serie A this season. I don't think it's particularly close this season. Um, I would also say that Inter Milan as a squad right now is looking like one of the best teams that I've seen in Serie A in the past several seasons. They're they're looking fantastic. Um, it's a credit to Juventus that they're still only, you know, four points back uh, despite, you know, Inter having an extra match to play. But... I don't know if you watched Inter Juventus, but it looked pretty clear to me that Inter is going to be winning the Scudetto. And like, I, I don't love it. I mean, I love it. I like it more than Juventus winning like nine times in a row in the 2010s because that stunk. Um, But at the same time, it doesn't give me too much confidence moving into this uh, Roma Inter match. I will say, uh, I do think that there's a, I could see Roma getting a draw here. Uh, I think that's my, that's my hope is I'm hoping for a draw is probably the best way to put it. Uh, I think that it'll be really fascinating to see if Roma is able to maintain a defensive identity against a really good side, uh, because we've seen Roma maintain an offensive identity against sides that don't have good defenses. And we've seen Roma defend, um, have a pretty great defense uh, on the offensive identity. Wait, no, sorry. Didn't lose a little track of myself there. Sorry about that. Um, Roma's had a good offensive and defensive identity against worse sides so far. But for Roma to even get a draw out of this one against Inter, they're really going to have to show a defensive identity that I think that the players have the ability to showcase. Uh, Gianluca Mancini is a regular in the Italian national team for a reason. Um, 
Koisen, if he's able to play like he has, will continue to impress. Uh, it's a shame that Indica probably won't be back for this one, but at the same time, Diego Lorente isn't bad. As I said, he's Roma's fourth or fifth center back, and he looked bang on average to decent um, over the course of this season. So if there's a if there's a side that could really buckle down and show some defensive identity against Inter, I really think it could be Roma. It's going to be a massive challenge regardless. Yeah, massive challenge. I, I think you're right. I mean, this is at the Olimpico, which gives me a little hope that Roma can get the crowd behind him and really come out and, you know, maybe you can find a goal early. If, if Roma can find a goal early, uh, all bets are off. But they are going to be pretty big underdogs in this match, even at home. Not many people are going to be expecting that they can even get a draw to this. So it's going to be interesting to see, you're right, that defensive identity, because that Juve intermatch, Inter should have had more than a goal from what I saw. Um, They were definitely the stronger side. I'd be shocked they don't win the Scudetto, uh, even with, you know, the possibility of going deep into the Champions League, which maybe could, you know, force them to play some reserves a little more often than the league. But they are the class of the league. There's no doubt about it. Um, You know, Roma's going to have to find a way. Now, under Mourinho, they played super defensive at the San Siro, I remember, and then they conceded a pretty late goal. I think it was pretty close to the 80th minute um, in a match at Roma pretty much went looking for the 0-0. I don't expect that kind of approach in this one from De Rossi. Um, that doesn't seem to be in his footballing, you know, um, you know, theories and, and you know, what he's expecting from his side. I think his philosophies, I should say. I, I think we're going to see a, a Roma that is obviously going to try to score goals, but they do have to maintain that defensive identity, um, some solidity. It will be interesting to see how they do that. Uh, if he makes any changes to this starting 11 from today's, I mean, I, I think if Smalling is back, it's on the bench. I don't see him starting. Uh, obviously, after being out for so long, does he go with the Mancini Lorente pairing? Most likely, because Indica's probably not back uh, in time for this one because the Ivory Coast is into the semifinals. And, and I think even if they lose, I don't mm-hmm. know if they do third place matches anymore, but um, be hard to see him starting right away after not even training with it. yet. So you're probably looking at that same center back pairing. Maybe Hoisin gets a nod, but I think that'd be a, that'd be a very ambitious call from De Rossi. Um, against this side, you know, I think the, the the veteran probably gets the call alongside Mancini. So it's going to be a lot on them. You know, we'll see what Angelino can do on that left side. Uh, who gets the call on the right? We'll see. I mean, that seems to be a revolving door. Uh, and then the midfield's going to have to offer support. Cristante Paredes, if it's if it's Pellegrini, if it's Bove, depending on how he lines up Pellegrini, we'll see. I don't expect many changes, though, in the midfield and the attack. I mean, it's, it's clicking so well right now. You're probably going to still see Al Sharari again. You're probably going to see Pellegrini in the midfield again. Um, and it's going to be up to those guys to, to to both find a goal and then, you know, in terms of the midfield, help the defense enough to keep this Inter attack at bay because Inter can be very, very dangerous when when they're going. I mean, Lautaro is running away with the Capocagnetti last I checked. Um, Marcus Taram has been one of the signings of the season in Serie A. And depending on who they deploy in the midfield, those guys can all chip in goals. So it's going to be it's going to be a big ask for this Roma. And I'm um, curious to see how De Rossi, you know, game plans this and, and, and manages it from you know, substitutions and changing tactics in game. This is going to be his first real big test. Yeah, no, it's it's without a doubt going to be a really big test. And I was saying this before when you're talking about kind of the past three matches that Roma's had. I think it. if I had to review Daniela De Rossi as a manager after the three matches, I would say he has shown that he can be a manager in Serie A. I think that's a minimal. I, he, he's able to win those types of matches. If he's able to get a positive result against Inter, I will have a much more 
optimistic look on a his ability to stay as Roma's manager following this six month uh, kind of trial period, and B I'll have a lot more optimism about his ability as, to be a great manager going forward. I was incredibly skeptical of the idea of bringing in Derossi simply because he's a club legend, and I always worry about hiring a club legend to be the manager because it can tarnish everyone's memory of them as a player. So far, he's done a decent job. I think that this will be a true test to see if Roma under him can become better in a long-term sense, or if Roma's just going to try to squeeze into the Champions League this season by beating all the teams they should beat and losing to all the teams that they might lose to. I think that that'll be a difference maker. It'll be a lot easier for Roma to make Champions League football if they actually, you know, can stand up to a side like Inter. Yeah, and I think stand up to it uh, is a great way to say because I am in no way conceding defeat. I'm no way saying Rome was definitely going to drop the points. It's going to be very tough to get all three points, and it's even going to be tough to get a point probably, right? But what I want to see is Roma go toe-to-toe, try to punch Inter in the mouth by scoring, right, and not just sitting back and taking shot after shot like they did the first time. And I, look, I get it. I understand why Mourinho did that the first time these two, two sides played, right? Because you knew it was going to be tough to score. You're at the San Siro. You're at this club that's got a great defense. Um, you know, what's the best chance we have is probably to, to try to hold out as long as we can. And, and maybe we can nick a goal away somewhere, right? We could just steal one somewhere. Uh, but Roma really didn't show much much chance of, of stealing a goal. They, they conceded 19 shots, just three on target. One of them went in, and, and that was all she wrote. Uh, and that, you know, took to the 81st minute for Turum to score that goal. So, you know, it, it almost it almost paid off for a point in the end. But I think in this one, Roma's going to try to be a little more offensive, try to go toe-to-toe with Inter to some extent. And and that's all I'm asking for. You know, I don't want to see them go all out and get embarrassed the opposite of the way it happened today where they just get caught out too often in attack. I, I think there has to be that balance. But I'm just looking for Roma to, to try to hit Inter, put some pressure on, you know, the, the goal of Jan Sommer. And if they get a goal, great. See what we can do with it. Can can we hold out? Can we at least keep it to a 1-1, whatever it is? Um, but whatever it happens in this one, I think you have to – not lose all the momentum you've built in these three matches because then you have Feyenoord on Thursday, you have that momentum um, that you kind of have going into these two matches. And and if you could at least go toe-to-toe, if you could even get a draw, I think you get a lot of positive vibes out of this, knowing how good Inter is, like when you take it in the big picture. Um, Because you don't want to get blasted by Inter and then you're heading into those next few league matches and, and and the Europa League with just a bad taste in your mouth where then it's hard to mentally recover. Uh, for Frozenone, right in a couple in, in a week's time after that, because that that becomes a, a must win against a side like Frozenone. I, I think that's that's what I'm looking at. It's like go to toe to toe as best you can. Let's see what we got. Let's see how good we can be. And you know what? If you get a if you get a draw or you get a close loss where you really played with Inter and maybe a, a break didn't go your way, you can you maybe kind of feel good about that, right? Because I mean, one of Marino's biggest issues when he was here at Rome was they could not get enough positive results against the big sides, especially wins. Yeah. No, I mean, that's been a problem for Roma managers since time immemorial. Um, that, that they don't necessarily, you know, succeed in the matches that truly matter. Uh, I do have some optimism for De Rossi just because, as I said before, I think there's a lot of intangibles at play here. And from what we've seen about how the players talk about him, he's got the intangibles that you need to be a good manager. Uh, but yeah, I, I, not to beat a dead horse, but this one is, I'm penciling in a draw. I won't be surprised if it's a loss. And if it's a win, 
man, we'll be really happy. I can imagine. I'd, I'd be over the moon with a win. Um, though I am, I mean, looking at Inter's performance this season, I don't really know how that happens. Uh, they've lost one game um, this season. Yeah. They've won 18 and drew three out of 22 and in 22 matches. So I'd be thrilled with a draw. I'd be thrilled with a win, but I also would not be surprised by a loss. And I just hope that if it's a loss, it's not the type of loss that shatters the good feelings that have definitely been in the club for the past month or so. Yeah, uh, exactly. I mean, you, you, you see Hinter's calendar and you're like, where, where, you know, no, nobody's really been able to do it. You know, Bologna beat them in extra time in the Coppa Italia. Uh, and Sassuolo beat them back in September 2-1, which now looks even more shocking than it did then because uh, Sassuolo has been pretty abysmal this year and, and you know, Inter's been so good. But um, it doesn't happen often. So if Roma were to be able to do that, that would be quite the feather in De Rossi's cap early in the season uh, in his, I shouldn't say season, but managerial tenure. I mean, just to find draws on Inter's, you know, schedules you flip through. It's one against Juve. One against Bologna, who's kind of had their number a little bit, and then it's a couple against like Sociedad in, in the the Champions League. There's there's not a lot there. So, yeah. um, and and a Benfica draw in the Champions League as well. Um, other than that, oh oh, in Genoa, I forgot about Genoa back in um, December, right right after Christmas. It kind of had that Christmas New Year's hangover going, I guess, and, and Genoa was able to nick a point off of them. But it does not happen often, is what I'm trying to say. So, uh, anything Roma can get positive out of this one will be great moving forward. Um, and then we just, you know, we just see where we stand after Saturday, and um, we we look ahead to Firenord, I think. And I think that, uh, you know, I'm not saying De Rossi will be here next year yet because obviously it's still very early in his tenure. This was a, a six month contract he's on, but more results like today, and if he can get himself, um, you know, to to kind of match people and uh, not people in Zaghi. God, he he beat people in Zaghi last week. Uh, Simone and Zaghi. Uh, next weekend, and I think that the momentum will grow behind him, maybe to, to be a more permanent role at the club moving forward. We'll see what happens, but looking forward to Saturday, and I, I think we'll have a lot to talk about next week. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. We'll definitely have something to talk about next week. Uh, and, you know, looking ahead, people will notice that we didn't really talk too much about Tiago Pinto's departure uh, in this pod, but we're planning on saving that for an international break, maybe kind of creating an episode that will be half audience Q&A, um, half Kind of retrospective on both Thiago Pinto and uh, Mourinho's tenure uh, at the club because they're you know they're pretty inextricably 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 linked. Um, so uh, we'll, we're saving that for March for the next international break. But we will definitely have plenty to talk about win, lose, or draw after this Inter Milan match next weekend. Yeah, that's for sure. So thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next week post Inter.